0: Welcome to More Creative. I'm your host, Ashley Wiley, and today we talk with Yael Spector, a food scientist and research and development juice product manager at the Coca-Cola Company. During our conversation, Yael talks about her many early interests that eventually led her into the field of food science. We learn about the many diverse paths within the field, what it's like to develop new food products, creating new products for different geographical locations around the world, and so much more. And before we get started, be sure to hit follow or subscribe and leave a review about the show. It helps us to learn how we can improve and what kinds of guests you all would like to see in the future. I hope you all enjoy this one. Yael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here today.
0: So, when you were a kid, what did you think that you wanted to do when you grew up?
1: Well, that's actually a really loaded question because it really <laughs> depends at what stage of my childhood I was
0: in. That's fair. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So when I was little, um, I wouldn't say you know like my first few years of life, I loved pets. I still do, but I really pretty much wanted to be a vet. I was that set. And then I started to grow up a little more, and I realized that you know I don't get turned off by blood, but you know the whole thing just kind of turns me off a little bit. So I said, okay, yeah, time time to pick something else. And so then I decided that I wanted to be a psychologist. And to this day, that's, that's something that really fascinates me, how the human brain works and the interactions and, and emotions, etc. But, you know, patience is something that I don't have a lot of and I'm still working on. So I decided that that wasn't really good for me. And it wasn't really until I was starting being a teenager that I, I really started looking into science a little more. So my grandmother was a uh, well woman of science. She was in the parasitology field and my dad was an engineer. And so I knew I wanted to go some, do something along those lines. And actually when my dad developed diabetes, I said, okay, how can I help him? Is there something I can do from a food perspective? And that's when I started thinking about food engineering uh, specifically or, or food science. But I grew up in Uruguay, and food science wasn't really a field. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to do food engineering and go from there.
0: So when you pursue a degree in food science, what sorts of classes go into creating that degree? What sorts of things do you have to study?
1: It's really interesting. Actually, so I I grew up in Uruguay. I I finished. I, I did until 11th grade there. And then I moved here in order to pursue my education. Uh, and again, I was—I wanted to do food engineering. So I enrolled. I ended up going to the University of Florida. But food engineering wasn't a degree that was offered. And someone suggested, oh, you should go for chemical engineering instead. And then, you know, do your master's in food engineering. So that's what I did. And I soon realized that it was not the same at all. Um, but after painfully taking, you know, the calculus and physics classes, I decided, okay, time to switch. And I actually stumbled, you know, I had one of those booklets, you know, with all the classes and I was reading it one day and I saw food science. So I literally made an appointment with the advisor and I think I switched over like the next day. So going back to your question, you know, it has a lot to do. You, You literally see a lot of things. So I took an intro to food science class just to understand, okay, is that something that I like? You also are heavy on the chemistry. You get some regulatory, you do uh, sensory classes, you do microbiology. And so that's what, that's basically what I did for my bachelor's. And then for my master's, I actually specialized. My thesis was on removing allergens, egg, peanut, and milk from uh, stainless steel surfaces. So I did a lot of research, you know, how I could contribute to the food industry by coming, you know, figure out what method was the best at removing those allergens from like stainless steels, like surface or like tankers etc so it's really diverse and that's what actually drew me to the to the science of food and you also have development right product development stuff like that
0: that is amazing i didn't know that it could be that detailed or even span into something like allergen removal that's amazing
1: Mm -hmm. there's a lot you can do with it
0: (laughs) So after receiving your master's, you went on to intern with the Coca-Cola company. What was that experience like after school?
1: It was really cool. And actually how it happened, it was really random. So I, I knew I wanted to do an internship before I graduated. So the summer uh, before I, I graduated with my master's, I literally sent the general manager of Coca-Cola an email and I was like, hey, you know, do you have anything? Do you have any internships going on? and uh, it was really like a cold call type of experience. I didn't really know him. Uh, and someone gave me his email and he replied. And I actually you know, made an appointment to go see him. And he said, you know, yeah, we can probably work something out. And what my internship ended up being, I worked on the uh, citrus side. So one of the brands that Coca-Cola works on is Simply. I don't know if you're familiar with Simply Juice. And so I worked with the Citra science team and it really, it was fascinating how much goes into making sure that you have a consistent product, all the attributes that are taken into account. So it was really fascinating. I learned about the world of juice and, you know, I still love it till today.
0: So is there a typical thing that a food scientist does, or is it all so spread out that it could be so many different things?
1: You got it. Yeah, it's, you know, it is so many things. And actually, I was attracted to that diversity, like I mentioned. So if you go to a supermarket, probably every single product that you see there was touched by a food scientist in some sort of fashion. So there's the obvious product development. So how the product, the formulation comes about. There's also the regulatory aspect, there's also the quality aspect, the, um, the safety aspect, um, the sensory attributes, you know, that go into the design of a product. So it's it's really a, you know, an interconnected world of so many disciplines that you can take it anywhere you want. Um, there's a the law of food, for example, too. So, you know, even till today, that's that's one of the things that fascinates me about this field.
0: So you went on to work as a research and development food scientist at Father's Table. So what does the research and development component of a food scientist job look like?
1: So that's basically the development of a food product. And that was my first company um, that I ever worked out of school. And it's actually a cheesecake manufacturer.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, it gets (laughs) it gets tricky there. But actually, my first assignment there, and I still remember it to this day, uh, I was, you know, interviewing and the person there like said, "Okay, in this new room, we're putting a new pizza roll line in. There was barely any equipment, so I had to figure it out. You know, here I'm brand new out of school. And he's like, your first assignment will be to, you know, basically make pizza rolls out of this facility. At that that time, they were co-packing it. Uh, through somebody else so I literally had to learn the equipment side let alone you know how to, to formulate the pizza rolls making sure that they match whatever was on the marketplace so it was really it was a huge challenge but it was really interesting so you know all those components kind of came together.
0: So when you go into a new project like creating pizza rolls what is the process for developing that new food where do you start?
1: You know it's a collaborative process, and not only for pizza roll for for anything that we do till today. So you you know you usually work with the marketing team hand in hand, trying to figure out, okay, what's what's the customer or consumer want? You know that's that's the first step. Are there any competitive products out there that you can gauge? And then you you know basically, depending on like the brand that you want to launch it at as or if you're doing like a private label, if the customer wants something specific, then, you kind of start designing your formulation, you know, along those those lanes, guardrails, uh, as I call them, and then, you know, I, you do a whole lot of tasting, you know, to understand what's already in the marketplace, how you want to make uh, your product to be differentiating. So it's really interesting, and then the time it takes is usually, you know, it really depends on what you're doing. If it's a brand new product, if it's a line extension, if it's a new flavor. But usually those beginning, you know, I think one of my favorite parts of it is when you're shaping the proposition together with the other teams to make it to bring it to life.
0: Do you find that you need to have a pretty good set of cooking skills?
1: I mean, I think it, it comes in handy for sure. I love to cook personally. I don't like to bake. Um, and, you know, and I was working with cheesecakes too. But I actually think becoming a food scientist helped me in the kitchen. So oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, like literally, you know, I was a foodie before, but I think now it's like even more prominent.
0: So when you became a senior food scientist and manager and then eventually an R&D manager, how did your role change?
1: So basically I gained more responsibility. Hmm. So when I became a senior scientist, I basically started also working not only on the pizza rolls, but on the cheesecake and other baked goods lines. You know you're held to a different level of responsibility, right? You're still learning and but you're you're interacting more with other teams. You're maybe going to customers, also presenting some of the technical knowledge that you know or maybe work with the sales team. And that's what I did more as a manager, I, I worked hand in hand with the sales and marketing team. I was more on the front lines. Going to see customers trying to understand what they were looking for, which is always an advantage, right? Because then you get to understand what what it is not only what they're looking for, but if you have something in your portfolio that you you know maybe you don't have what they want, but you you have something similar that you can tweak and deliver it fairly quickly. So um, I always enjoy that experience. Also, being a manager, that meant that I was leading formally, uh, being a people leader. I had five people under me, so you know that. That to me is the most rewarding. I love mentoring and coaching and developing individuals. So I really enjoy that side of it. So my role became more strategic at that point, trying to figure out, okay, what are, what's the pipeline for the company under all the lines that they had, as well as the people aspect.
0: Interesting. So is there a major difference when working with foods such as baked goods versus working with something like a beverage?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're totally different things right but i think the underlying principles are the same at at the end of the day product development you know the the basics and the principles can be translated into anything that you do but obviously there's more differences between baked goods and beverages you know totally different systems Mm -hmm. totally different um approaches and processes you know the the cheesecakes are frozen they have you know the shelf life is different whereas the beverage Uh, Doesn't go through that type of abuse, so to speak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, it's it's different. It's a different approach, but you know, the learnings are the same.
0: Interesting. So, how much time does it typically take to create and develop a new product? It really, really depends.
1: You know, it can be something as quick as a few months, uh, up until it could be two years, depending on what it is, Uh, and if it's something totally new. That you're developing, or if it's if like it's a line extension, for example, and you're just trying out a new flavor, it you know it really really depends.
0: <laughs> so you later returned to the Coca-Cola company uh, to become a research and development scientist. So how did this opportunity come about for you to come back?
1: So this is actually a really interesting story. Ooh. So. When I graduated, um, you know, Coke didn't have any opportunities at the time for me. Uh, and I wanted to be in a specific location to be close to my now husband. But, you know, six months down the road, actually, one of the managers there called me and said, hey, you know, we have this opportunity. But I was fresh out of school. I was really naive. And I said, no, how can I abandon my first job after only six months? That's going to look awful. You know, it's not going to be a good representation of me. So I turned it down. And then that same person actually came to me again and he said, "Hey, there's another opportunity on this side of it." And I didn't really want to do that. I wanted more product development experience and opportunities, so I turned it out again. <laughs> but I guess third times a charm. So this person came knocking on my door again and say, "Hey, you know, we have this opportunity. I think you should really interview." And so I did. And, you know, the rest is history, I guess, but I think it's all about timing and, you know, deciding what's best for you at the moment and not just going with something brand new, shiny, right? I think I took, I made the right decision not to come to Coke before I did because I gained a whole lot of experience on the other side uh, with the other company.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So working with a company like Coca-Cola, uh, it obviously has a very global reach. So what is it like to launch new products in different areas of the world?
1: It's really interesting. And actually I've had the pleasure of, of launching products not only in North America, but also in Europe and Middle East and in Africa. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. And I think one of the most interesting things is that you know you have obviously you know what you like, You know, like what the North America population likes. But when you go and develop for someone else, for another market, you basically have to start, you know, not from scratch, but close, (laughs) because you have to understand what's, you know, what's that consumer like? What are their preferences? What do they like from a sweetness perspective? What do they like from a color perspective? You know, what's the competitive landscape in those markets like? And then you start building your understanding a little bit more about what it is that you need to do.
0: So what are some things that are different considerations when creating foods for different geographical locations?
1: So I think one, you know, first and foremost is that consumer preference. You have to kind of put your head as a consumer and and understand what it is that they're looking for, because even if you have the most amazing idea in the world and you think that they're going to love it and, you know, you're totally off base and they're not going to love it, obviously. So I think it's really understanding what, what it is. Uh, that that specific market likes. I think the other aspect is also the regulatory aspects. Uh, so food regulations are very different, uh, even within North America. Like Canada is different than the United States, and it's the same for the other regions. So basically, you have to take that into account. And when you're building your formulation, you've got to make sure that all the ingredients that you're putting in there, basically, you know, comply with with the regulatory for per, per that region. And, you know, you don't do this alone. We have teams of people, you know, we, you work cross-functionally a lot. But yeah, that's, that's, that's another piece of it. And also the types of ingredients that those, you know, those markets are used to seeing versus, for example, what you'd see in North America, the capabilities that you have in other regions of the world. So all of that is taken into account.
0: Wow. I didn't even think about the different food requirements and regulations between different countries, but I mean, how how difficult is it to try to produce the same juice or soda, but knowing that you have to use slightly different ingredients? I mean, is that even something that's possible? Yeah. And I mean, it may not be exactly
1: the same, but, you know, and and sometimes you don't even want to make something that's the same because, again, the consumer may not like it. I don't I, I don't work on the soda space. I work on the juice space. And I think it's a little bit different on that side, but I mean, you know, I think level of sweetness is one that comes to mind that it's really, that that was one that stayed with me because your European consumer doesn't like as sweet, for example, as some of like the Northern Africa consumers. So that's one of the things that that stuck with me.
0: Amazing. So what would you say a typical day looks like for you as a food scientist?
1: It's never the same. which I love, and I think that's you what know, keeps it interesting. But a typical day can range from so many different things. So now in COVID world, I'm in a lot of meetings virtually, which, you know, it's not ideal. <laughs> but, you know, before COVID, let's say, uh, and even till today, you can be, I can be working on a new formulation, you know, working on a new project, working with marketing, doing a sensory or consumer test. I, I also work on with the plants, our manufacturing plants, and I do a lot of making sure that, you know, if they have an issue that I can solve it. Uh, juice is an agricultural co- uh, ingredient, so you get, you know, a whole lot of variability because you get whatever Mother Nature gives you. So a lot of our time or my time is spent on making sure that we have business continuity, that there's if, if there's an issue with a specific ingredient, that we can solve it so that the consumer doesn't see it on their end, and that we're able to keep the consistency and the quality of, of what's on the shelf. So that's, that's a big part of what I do. We do onboarding sometimes, like if we have new team members, you know, we, we do a lot of teaching. I also like to do a whole lot of, like I mentioned before, coaching and, and mentoring younger scientists. That's something that I get a lot of uh, pleasure on. So, you know, it really fulfills me. So I do a whole lot of that as well.
0: Do you have a favorite type of product that you like to work with?
1: I think they're all different. So I don't know if I can choose between, you know, baked goods or beverages. I feel like there's cons and pros and challenges to each of those. But one of the things that I've had the the opportunity to do is work not only in juice, um, but I've worked with tea, I've worked with plant-based milks. So those were challenges, welcome challenges, because I got to learn a new category of beverage. So it's, it's really amazing.
0: You never stop learning. <laughs> Do you have a favorite project you've ever worked on?
1: I have a few favorite, actually. But if I think of a recent one, I, I literally just launched uh, Simply Oat, which is an oat milk. And that was a challenge for me from, you know, different aspects. So it was a new, it was the first time that I was working on a plant-based project. Uh, so I had to do a lot of learning in the beginning, try to understand, you know, the differences. It's, you know, it's not the same as working working with the juice. I also did it through COVID. Like COVID was just hitting when I was getting into most of the development. So we had to get creative with some of our teams, you know, to do the tastings, um, making sure that it was safe. We we literally, you know, we couldn't go to plants sometimes to go, to do like some of our testing. So we had to get creative in several aspects, which was another challenge. And also, you know, the time that we launched it in, it was a really tight timeline. So, you know, provided that all of that was kind of going on, it was amazing how we did launch it on time. And, you know, I think it's doing really well. So you know if you haven't tried it, <laughs> go and buy it. Um, it's a it's a really good product but yeah I mean it was it was it was really fulfilling and rewarding on on a whole lot of of levels and the fact that it was a challenging year on top of that just made it even you know the more
0: rewarding I guess (laughs) yeah absolutely and I've been slowly going through different sort of brands and types of oat milk so I'll I'll definitely have to try that one for sure
1: yes and we have you know there's three uh, variables so you know you can Three three types. So you can change you can choose what you like. Cool. And it goes it goes well with coffee too. Oh
0: yes, that's what I use it for. So that sounds perfect to me. <laughs> so what would you say you're most excited about for the future of the food science industry?
1: I think there's so much possibility. You know, I for one didn't even know that food science existed. And I think a whole lot of people still don't know. I don't know that it's fully, fully advertised as one of, you know, the majors um for kids. So one of the things that I try to do is really get involved uh, and be an ambassador of food science. Even when I was in school, I became I became involved with the Institute of Food Technologies, which is basically our professional organization. And after I graduated, I actually became the chair of the Florida section for, for IFT. And we work a whole lot with the schools, promoting it, trying to, you know, get scholarships, et cetera, and more awareness. Even till today, I'm actually actually part of the external advisory board for food science and human nutrition department at the university of florida again to try to promote food science to try to bring a whole lot of the industry into the school and vice versa so you know i think promoting it i think we can do a whole lot more promoting it to make sure that people know especially young kids know that this exists especially since like i said everything is literally touched by a food scientist
0: Yeah, I mean, it is not a career path that was something that I knew about in school at all. And I didn't really learn about it until after. So, yeah, definitely, definitely one to learn about as early as possible because it's such a fascinating field. So, what is your favorite part about what you do?
1: My favorite part about what I do, I think there's two things. You know, as I get more and more in my career, I, I realize that I like strategy. So, you know, I like working with other teams to understand, okay, how can we take, um, you know, juice or our company to the next level? So that's one of the things that I've been trying to do. And the other thing, like I said before, is really mentoring and coaching. I really enjoy that. And I hope to be, you know, a formal mentor one day to someone. I really enjoy those two things. And that, that's what really gets me going in the morning.
0: Amazing. So I do have the same two questions that I like to ask everybody that comes in the podcast. The first one is, if you could choose any career other than your current one and you didn't have to worry about money or extra education or anything like that, what is something that you would like to try?
1: I mean, because I I do love, like I said, the mentoring or coaching, I think I'd probably be um, a teacher or do something in HR. Nice. And I mean, it's nothing that I would have, ever considered before, just because I'm really science oriented. Like I said, my dad was an engineer and you know I was always into math and physics and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't think I would have ever considered it. but I do enjoy that aspect. I'm not patient in certain ways, but I am patient when I'm teaching someone something uh, and I really enjoy that and I don't mind it at all and I take the time and you know it's it's really rewarding. or you know I always say HR as well because I feel like you can help develop people as well. Great tools and and programs to do that. So probably those two, one or the other.
0: Awesome. Yeah, those are good ones. And it's cool to see that you have a small bit of that aspect uh, in your job now as well. My last question is, do you have any advice on turning your passions into a career?
1: Yeah, I think you know, do your research. I know sometimes, you know, we get pressured into finding a major or, you know, sticking with it. But, you know, sometimes starting out, you don't really know what you're passionate about. You know, if you're lucky and you decide early on that you're passionate about something, that's great. Uh, But not a whole lot of people have that. And, you know, I can say myself included to a certain extent. The other thing is, you know, do internships to see if you like it. That's, uh, you know, it's, it's a great way to, you know, understand if, if you like what you're doing and having that hands-on experience in the industry is so important because I feel like, you know, your your education is important and is great. But sometimes you may go out in the real world and realize that it's not really what you want to do. And it's a lot harder, you know, switching jobs than, you know, getting a chance to do an, an internship and understanding if it's something that you like or not. Or, you know, you well you do an internship, you may get exposed to something else that you decide it is that you like and then you know talk to people talk to people that if you cannot you know if you don't have the chance to do an internship for example or or, or work in, in something for a little bit talk to people that work in those fields Do so you understand what they really do i think that's something that i wish i had and you know that mentor i think having a good a good mentor in your career especially when you're starting out i think could be critical to where your career could go uh, having someone with more experience that can guide you you're starting out i think it's it's one of the best pieces of advice i could get to someone and also build your network it's it's all about who you're connecting with and getting a lot of points of views and feedback from other people you know to turn those passions into a career
0: absolutely yeah and especially reaching out to those with the position that you want and as well as the internships it can really allow you to understand more about the career path and, and really decide if you want to go down. So all of that is very excellent advice. Well, Yael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was absolutely wonderful to speak with you and, and learn about what you do. So thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Yael, links are in the description down below. If you like the show, please leave a rating, subscribe, and comment on whatever platform you listen on. It takes about 10 seconds and it really helps out the show. For more information or to submit your own questions for future guests, you can find us on Instagram at The More Creative or on YouTube at The More Creative Podcast. Again, thanks for listening and I hope to see you next time.